Hello, now welcome to the show. Just before we crack on, I just want to double check. Do you want to get confident on camera, be irresistible to those you're talking to and speak online with confidence and ease? Well, grab my new online course, Calm On Camera, the pre-recorded series now. Over the course of four sessions, we'll be really getting clear on why it is that you're showing up online and how to do it in a way that works for you. So head to amylayton.teachable.com and enter the promo code IRRESISTIBLEPRESENCE for 10% off now. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Irresistible Presence. Now this week I've been chatting to Natalie Costa. Natalie is an award-winning coach, author and founder of Power Thoughts, a coaching service designed to give children the power over their own thoughts. So we recorded this live on Instagram. It is part of the new live recorded podcast series. And as a result, the sound quality is a little bit dodgy as I get to grips with how we're putting it all together. But the whole point of doing these live episodes is that actually you guys get to see the good with the messy. So it is all part of the experience. So we hear about Nat's journey with confidence and she shared how she went from primary school teacher to kids fitness instructor to the work that she does now coaching children and young people. We spoke about her journey, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, why confidence is more associated with fear than you may think, and chilling, relaxing, appreciating and living in the moment a little bit more than we may all be used to. So I had, as you can hear, I had great fun chatting to Natalie. It was such a brilliant recording and I am so, so thankful to you here for coming on the podcast. I got a lot from it. It was brilliant to hear about her journey and I'm sure that you guys will enjoy it and get a lot from it too. I'm live. This is exciting. Hi guys. Hello, hello, hello. This makes me feel like I'm like, I'm like a video producer. You know where I'm doing this? (laughs) Nat's coming in. She's coming in. Great. I think this is working with any luck, because... Hello! Yay, she's here! Yay! Right, guys, because just to give a bit of context, we are also, because this is a live podcast recording, we are also recording the audio through a different platform on my computer. So I'm just not, I'm just going to turn off my camera yeah, and my laptop so that I can actually talk to you and not see myself out the corner of my eye, because that's going to be really, really there we go. Okay, perfect. I feel like I'm, I need to maybe move back a little bit. There we go. I just hope the phone doesn't fall either, that it just stays. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. If it, um, if it doesn't, it's going to make an interesting story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh dear. Well, hello everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Let us know if you are joining live. Let us know if you guys are joining the replay. Um, let us know in the comments. I'm just going to get rid of the notification. There we go. And this is the first of a live streamed podcast series. It sounds great in theory. It's a little bit more complicated in practice, but it's great. And we're here and we're doing it. And that's been wonderful at um, bearing with me with the tech. 
sorry, don't worry. You're <laughs> so, yeah, you guys get to see us recording the podcast at the same time as it being live streamed because, and I don't know about you not around this, but we get to see so many um, podcasts that are obviously beautifully edited, beautifully put together, but actually there's this whole, it kind of comes into this whole realm of things not having to be perfect the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just before we jumped on here, we were having a conversation about just talking a little bit more about the reality of what goes on behind the scenes. I think we can so easily, you know, think, oh, this person's got it all sorted out and it's all easy for them. But actually, there's a lot of messy, ugly, clunky bits, you know, um, that is kind of behind the scenes. And we don't always, we, we're not always aware of that. We don't always see that. And I think something like this, you know, recording a live, the podcast live and all of like the clunky bits, I think just helps to see, oh, okay, it's a bit more real. Yeah. I think, you know, it's just a different spin. I love it. I think it's great to kind of see what actually goes on behind the scenes. I love that. Yeah. And it's, you know, when we do a podcast, we get the opportunity to edit it and stuff like that. But actually, you know, there's mess around it too, isn't there? And that's to be celebrated, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, one thing I always tell the kids is, you know, perfection, per being perfect doesn't exist. Mm. It's like, I always say you're a wannabe perfectionist because what's perfect for you might not be perfect for, you know, your friend next to you. And that level of perfection might not be my level of perfection. So it's actually... I think, you know, it, it's just so much value in kind of seeing what's really going on, you know, and all of that makes like the pretty package in the end. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, so, welcome to the podcast. I mustn't forget that I'm also recording a podcast at the same time. And this is what we're here to do. So, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our episode of Irresistible Presence. Um, Nat, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on. We have, well, we, we, we met each other through a Zoom call. Maybe it was yeah. even that time, a Skype call. Maybe yeah. about six, five or six years ago? Yeah, I want to say it was a while ago, definitely. I guess. Um, okay. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah. Sure. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. So, um, and I mean, I'm so delighted to be here. I've watched you like with your podcast and stuff. And like, I remember you posted the first one and like you've just taken off. And I'm like, wow, I need to go to Amy when I want to launch my own one. Because that's what I'm procrastinating on like one day. But um, no, so my, I'm obviously the founder of Power Thoughts. So it's a coaching service that I designed for children to help them tap into the power of their own thoughts. Um, and honestly, give them the tools to help them recognize that you don't have to believe every thought you think or respond to everything you feel. And ultimately, giving them the tools to help them manage their mindset and their, their feelings. Um, and giving them really the tools that I wish I had as a child um, to respond to the challenges and you know setbacks in life, life in general. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I used to be a primary school teacher for 12 years, but then you know, long story short, which I'm sure we'll chat about, I kind of got into coaching for children. So that really is what I do. I work with children, coaching sessions with children, but then also support families as well in terms of how families as a whole can um, 
phone's going black. Families as a whole can support, you know, each other and their children. Mm. Which is so incredibly vital, especially at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I do feel like, you know, we are in a bit of a mental health crisis. I think mm. it's, and the earlier we can start to support and help and provide the tools and the knowledge, I think just the, the better it is for all of us, you know. Mm, absolutely. And if we can if we can start to put them into place when we are young, which is something that actually, and I, I feel quite passionate about this, it's yeah. something that I certainly never had. Yeah. So no. all of a sudden as adults, yeah. we're having to learn about mental health and about communication and creativity. Whereas if we can start doing it when we're young and put it into schools now, absolutely amazing yeah yeah definitely and i think that was it for me because i um grew up not feeling very confident i was the anxious one i was the shy one um the people pleaser and i remember really having like these worries as i called them when i was about seven or eight and not really knowing what it was but i think had i had some of the tools that i teach now in terms of you don't have to listen to that let's put clues as to why that's not true or all sorts of things i just think that would have made such a difference because as an adult at the age of 38 i'm now having to relearn well a little bit before that because obviously I'm, this is my work so i have to walk my talk but you know in my 30s i had to learn how to begin to to really challenge and rewrite some of those stories i was telling myself and those patterns um which is why, you know, I'm still having to apply this, definitely we spoke about this before, but it's why I do what I do, because I think that is what I would have loved younger Natalie to have as some tools to help her and to know that she's not alone because so many children I work with would think I'm the only one that has this thought that I'm rubbish at maths or I'm the only one that has this thought that thinks I'm not good at this. When actually we've all got those same thoughts and insecurities and self-doubts. Um, and I think just, you know, giving them those tools to help them yeah. make such a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's think about then that, that idea of confidence. Yeah. And your what i would love to to explore is is your relationship with confidence and how your relationship is is taking you to that work that you do today so that now as you say you are creating the tools that you never had but what does confidence mean to you yeah good question um i think for me confidence means it's actually about feeling scared um, but you take that scary step um, initially. I think later on it is about feeling comfortable and you know competent what you're doing. But initially, confidence is actually about feeling scared. But I'm taking that scary step. It's not the glamorized oh you know bravado that we see initially to build that. It's it's feeling all those feelings and it's a skill. Um, and the, the good thing with confidence is that it's something outside of ourselves. You know, so it's a skill that we can learn. Because if you think about it, confidence is contextual. So I might 
And so often children and adults, you know, we would blanket ourselves and say, I'm not a confident person. Mm. That's not true because you can be really confident in the kitchen, busy cooking, but maybe you don't feel that confident when you're out meeting new people, you mm. know, or you're confident in a certain subject with children, but you might not be confident when you have to speak up on stage. So it, it, it's situational and it also changes like you know depending on what what you're faced with in life and i think so it's quite fluid i think but i think it's it's initially because so many children when i ask them you know what does confidence mean to you they're like oh it's about being brave i mean you know about not, not being brave about being about being um not being scared mm. and actually it isn't that it's initially it's i'm feeling scared and and there's that muscle that we've got to build and the more we practice and put ourselves out there the same with your, your calm on camera programs that you run you know the more you show up the more you do those videos the easier it starts to become and then you're slowly building your confidence in that area mm, mm, but i think you're and i mean actually the way that you've broken it down makes such sense because you think of a confident person and you think of generally speaking we tend to think of people who don't feel fear who yeah. have got it perfect who are able to do things at the drop of a hat yeah but that's just not true yeah it's not true and how many times have i looked at somebody and thought oh they seem so confident but when i had a chat with them i was so terrified i mean and mm -hmm. i know i've done that people have come to me i mean when i'm doing presentations and stuff and i am like really you know getting really really nervous and scared yeah. but my phone keeps going like blank but anyway um and i was like no i'm not confident like, i can feel all those feelings yeah. and i think it's just and oh, don't get me wrong i mean you do my confidence is a muscle so you grow your sense of confidence and then you do get to a point where you're comfortable and you know, then you kind of step into your like your power as I tell children, you own your space. But I think we need to really reevaluate the conversation of what it takes to get there and that you're not instantly going to get there in some cases, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what it is mm -hmm. um, and being mindful of that. Has it always been that way for you? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I still don't cast myself as a confident person. It's funny, I had a call with me yesterday and I'm like, in this particular area, I just kind of need to own my voice more. I need to understand it. Like, I need to be a bit more assertive. And I even remember, um, my parents must have picked up that I wasn't, I remember, yeah, like I had flashbacks of my dad trying to play these audio cassettes of how to be assertive. But I was like, oh, wow. this is not work when I was seven years old. Um, but no, definitely not. I think I definitely, you know, I, I don't, growing up, I would be the quiet child. I wouldn't want to upset anybody. So like, managing confidence and it's not even about simply was about managing your boundaries do you know what i mean um wasn't conf you know confident in doing that um and actually i remember because i trained to be a primary school teacher and i was a teacher for 12 years and i had a year one class for a long period of time um and well for a few years and i remember going to and i loved fitness so i'd go to one of the gyms in central london and i were known for like their quirky classes and stuff like that and I remember sitting on that spin bike and I looked at the instructor and she just had this confidence and this like, I don't know, her personality was just so vibrant. And I was like, I remember thinking, I'd love to be like her, as confident as that lady up there, but I don't have what it takes. Um, interesting. And it was really, really interesting. But this, and I guess there the journey 
of really tapping into my self-confidence started because I couldn't let go of this idea that I wanted to become a fitness instructor. I was like, I have to become like, I want to teach the SF gym. I want to do what they're doing. I want to be, I want to have full classes. And maybe it came from a space of ego, but it also came from, I think I could be really good at this. Mm. I love it. Like that, that just like that gut feeling. But I mean, absolutely petrified and terrified. Um, and I mean, I played it safe for a long time because I first got qualified in kids fitness and I was like, this is not ticking the box. This is not what I want to do. Um, and then I was like, no, okay, I'm going to qualify and get a, like what they call ETM exercise to music qualification. Um, and that was really scary because whilst I could teach confidently to a class of five-year-olds, now I've got to like teach to adults. And I was like, they all have an opinion of five-year-old. I can still be like, no, 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 this is how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's different with adults. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it definitely, that was like a bit of a journey. And I think, I mean, long story short, I got the, the qualification and then I did, um, I tried to, I, I auditioned at a few gyms and I just remember they're there. I was petrified mm. because people expected you to be a certain level and a certain way. And I remember there was one instructor, cause I'm a class I love teaching something called Fight Club. Um, a brilliant, brilliant class. And it was all about like teaching boxing exercises to a six foot standing bag. Oh, go and follow. Wow. Giving a bit of a shout out to them. They, honestly, I do think becoming a Fight Club instructor definitely built my confidence so much and proved to me that actually I could do things that I didn't think I was capable of doing. I mean, and it sounds so silly because it's not a big deal, not. but it's, but um, I remember anyway, having to teach a fight club class and it was quite new. So I managed to kind of get some cover roles and stuff like that. And there was an instructor that I loved and I was like, okay, how would she go into this class? What would she say? And I literally was like, I'm just going to pretend I'm her for the next 45 minutes. You know, like I'm not Natalie, I'm just going to be her for the next 45. I mean, that, that helped me, you know, but slowly then that started to become me. Do you know what I mean? Like I could let myself come out. I mean, it took a lot of work to get there, you know, a lot of work to get there. Mm. Um, and I guess from there, it kind of proved to me, okay, there are things that I could do. Like I don't have to play allow myself to play small and to be comfortable if I've got that feeling that I want to like in, in essence you know star power thoughts and run my business no idea how to do that like I'm a year one teacher I play with play-doh and glitter and do you know it's <laughs> not at all I mean I think teaching teaching has really like one of the hardest jobs that there are but in my mind I was telling myself the story that I can't like you know, I, I can only, you know, because I was, I always say those things like, I don't think I'm very good at dumbing things down and speaking child talk, like talking like children. Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, I was just like, I can't be this adult because I felt like a child. Um, God, this turns into a therapy session. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Thank you for sharing. Um, you mentioned the words playing small. Yeah. What, what did that, what did that mean to you? And was that, something that you actually recognized at the time that you were playing small or is that now a reflection looking good back? question um i think yeah it's almost like there was me wanting to do these things and there was this idea of what i wanted to do but there was almost like this barrier or this block between us mm -hmm. and um 
I think now, maybe more upon reflection, I can see I was playing small. But I know I was desperately unhappy. Like I just had like, I just had the scene like there is a need to do something else. I'm not here. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. Like I just had this gut feeling. And I remember people telling me, you know, my mum, bless her, you know, not everybody loves their job, you know, everybody wants it. And I was like, no, there's something more that I'm meant to be doing with my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I absolutely love teaching, but I always used to say, I want to teach what I'm passionate about. Um, and I think upon reflection now, I'm like, yes, I can see I was playing small and I didn't allow myself to, to own my space. And even now I can still see times when I'm playing small. I'm like, come on, are we not over this already? You know, but we're not over this already, you know? Um, and it really is interesting. It really is. Like, I think there's always going to be times when I find myself, and I think with anyone where, um, you know, you get those moments where you do hold yourself back. Um, and that fear or that lack of feeling or self, you know, confidence that, that can kind of hold you back for a bit. Mm. So what was then the moment where you went, hold on to your horses. I'm going to, I'm going to take that stand for who I want to be. Mm. I am, um, I guess on reflection, I'm going to come out of playing small and I'm going to start playing big yeah Not necessarily that that was terminology that you used at the yeah. time no so what was the moment where you went right i am this year one teacher who plays with play-doh plays with glitter i want to teach what i'm passionate about i'm doing this mm -hmm. i'm going to get my coaching qualification yeah so yeah i mean for me it was i couldn't live with myself knowing i'm not doing it mm -hmm. and I just hit a point at the school and like I said, teaching is one of the hardest jobs there are. And I wish I could go back to that Natalie and say, you're more than ready and equipped to do this because I definitely had so many like negative beliefs about myself that I can't run a business. I can't send emails professionally because I talk to children. Do you know what I mean? Like, stupid things like that. Stupid things like that. Just because my world was so different to what I kind of, expect you know was making out in my head mm -hmm. and I think the point of I, just, I couldn't live with myself not knowing I didn't give it a give it my best shot and if I looked ahead I was like I don't see myself becoming a head teacher or a deputy head teacher um you know it's 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 a it's a job that you know that's just not my that's not my path mm -hmm. um but what am I going to do sit in a job that I feel safe in but I know I'm not showing up fully the way that I could be showing up. Um, and I know that there are really some important things that I need to be sharing because I started to test it out on the children. I was like, kids need this. Mm. I was like, I cannot not do this. I mean, I was absolutely petrified. It's like, what? And I don't think that feeling's ever gone away. That feeling is still there. Like, I'm still like, sometimes I'm like, oh. you know, we talk about that. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, does this ever go away? No, it doesn't go away. Um, but I think the main thing is, and I always used to say to myself, like, if I'm 80 years old, that classic coaching question, if you're 80 years old and you look back on your life, and I was like, I want to be telling myself I gave it a best shot and I did it versus I wish I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. Something that has been such a lesson for me over the last few months is start with the end in mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's interesting because it does look very different now to when I first set it out to be. Mm. Um, and sometimes there are, and you know, you're just like working for yourself. Sometimes there are days and I think, oh, gosh, you know, like, just <laughs> to tell me what to do. Like, it's so weird. I'm like, come on, you know, but I think, yeah, you've got to, it's like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't mm. do it. You know, and again, that's the confidence. You're scared, but you do it. And what I am learning, and I think I'm going to go back and listen to this as a reminder to myself, but what I am learning is that actually the very worst thing that you think is going to happen doesn't happen. And even if it really, you know, if, if the shit hits the storm, it's like, well, I'm still here to tell the tale. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just... We can make things in our head so much bigger than what they are. And I'm absolutely going to go back and listen to this because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, Natalie. <laughs> but it's so true, isn't it? And I, I hear it a lot with, with clients, you know, yeah. I can't, I can't go live because people are going to hate me or, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to unfollow me or I can't show up at that meeting or give a presentation at that expo because people are going to walk out yeah yeah has it ever happened oh yeah well and actually if i think back to the days i used to teach fitness classes so there was one gym that i would cover at and then i actually ended up getting a permanent slot but initially when i covered and i don't know if anybody does you know if you do exercise classes you you do have your instructor that you like right i completely get that i used to be one of them so when somebody else shows up and it's like oh you know (laughs) but there was one gym that i went to um and it was a bit more of like an upmarket gym so there was a bit of an expectation and i remember teaching getting ready to teach my class and people walked out like before i even started and i was like ah. it, it was hard it was hard it was so hard because i was like you've looked at me you've walked out of my class you haven't even given me a chance and i mean i had a couple of people in the beginning you know walk out halfway fair enough i probably wasn't brilliant but um it really built and I could understand where they came from because I also, it, sometimes in that culture, you are so loyal to your fitness instructor. You follow them like a little fan bunny. You know, I totally understand that. So it is really difficult to fill those shoes. But I'm here. And now, now it's actually a good story to tell. Do you know what I mean? It's a good story to tell. And funny enough, after having covered a few times, I was then asked to teach there and my classes were full. And I had the same people who walked out come back in. And I was like, my gosh you see i will be good about this but do you see <laughs> oh i bet that was a really satisfying two fingers up to you maybe it was. <laughs> yeah it was but it does show and i think it's just um i think marissa Peer talks really great about rejection and why we as humans don't like to be rejected because it goes back to the tribal days of if you're rejected from your tribe you know, that does mean potentially death, you know, um, which is why we are so wired to not be rejected now. But actually, too, it's okay. Yeah, it stung. It burned my ego, but it still showed up. I still did it. Um, and I think it is a good, you know, that was a good lesson to learn because you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And I think, so what? You go live and people drop off or you lose followers. Brilliant. You didn't want them in your group in any case because your message you're just it's empty words to them you want your energy to feed off to people who want to hear what you have to say 
but I mean, it is, it still stings. It still stings, you know, mm -hmm. coming from a recovering people pleaser, it's, it stings, you know, so, so take a moment. It would yeah. feel a bit harsh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's so true, isn't it? And actually, you know, how can we then frame this in a positive way to go, okay, how am I growing this? How am I growing from this? Yeah. And how can I reframe this so that it's not that little niggle yeah. in my brain? It's actually an opportunity for me to go, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it doesn't, and I'm not saying like, I didn't bounce back initially. I think somebody's just said here, it's the same, mm. like your brain is pain. Yeah. One hundred, you feel that. Like, it's like, a, you know, it's a real feeling. But I think what I, you know, what's so important to me um, and why I do what I do when I teach this to children is allow yourself the time to grieve, whatever that might be. You know, some things, you know, if you're rejected from, I mean, I worked with a little boy who didn't get into the A team for cricket or whatever it was, and he, all his friends did. I mean, that stings. So allow yourself to be sad and, you know, feel those feelings, get angry, all of that, you know, like it's healthy to process their emotions. But the, 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 the catch point is though, am I then gonna continue to allow myself to feel like this and then to get into that, oh, I was rejected, nobody likes me, or be like, no, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna learn from that. What did I learn from this? And I mean, he said, the little boy, if I think back to the cricket, he's like, well, actually, I asked my friend, you know, to teach me some skills. He started to research on YouTube what um, he could do to improve himself. So it helped him to grow, oh. you know? And if I think about me, when people walked out of my class, you know, it's it was probably because the choreography wasn't tight enough. Um, you know, I'm still building my sense of confidence. Um, the you know, it could also music style, which I mean, there's some things you can learn from and change, but other things it's like fine. But I just think it's it's so yeah, it's it's gets give yourself the time to feel it, but then okay, what am I going to do about this? Because I always have a choice. You always have a choice. Yeah. You know. And I think that that's where the empowerment comes back in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So thinking about then the work that you, you do now, and you've just mentioned that, that example of that little boy with the cricket, are there certain things that you, you tend to see all the time? Are there certain things that do crop up with young people and with children a lot that you help them cope with? Or, or do you tend to work with an array of yeah. lots of different yeah um it has over the years obviously i've seen it there are like certain things so i mean anxiety is something um worries is something that i work with a lot when it comes to children um you know feelings of self-doubt um i've got it you know i had a couple of calls this week with mums who said you know i just want to give my daughter the tools to know that it's okay to to kind of own her space and to not be so scared to try new things. So the worry, the anxiety, the self-doubt, like the lack of confidence on one side. But then on the other side, there's also the the anger, the, the big emotional meltdowns, the um, not being able to kind of, and I don't want to say, you know, manage those big feelings. It's not about controlling them because they're, they're young, their brains are still developing. We're not gonna, nobody has their feelings in control all the time, but it's what can we do to manage it in um, a better way? Mm and to give them tools to self-soothe and for them to have an understanding of what's going on in their brain when they feel all these feelings and then the other thing that i see a lot as well which i guess well yeah i mean it kind of ties into both of them really but it is around 
making mistakes and not beating themselves up when they make mistakes, um, not holding themselves back because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. So perfectionism steps in, you know, um, and what I do see is some children who make mistakes and then they get really angry and there's the emotional outburst. But then there's also that I don't want to try because if I try, I might get it wrong. Or it's, you know, if I've tried it and it's not X percent, then, then I'm not good enough. And actually it's reframing that because actually when you've made a mistake, it's like, yes, I've made a mistake. What have I learned from this? How has this helped me grow? Versus, you know, I'm not good enough. My God, I wish I had you genuinely, genuinely. <laughs> I wish I had you around when I was at school. <laughs> I really think I could have done it. <laughs> well, I do. I wish Natalie had me around too because Natalie's still learning. This Natalie's still learning. And I just think it's, it's like, I mean, we know, you know, with the brain, it's just hard because those pathways are so set in and so ingrained, you know, the, the neural pathways and stuff. And I just think, well, you can get it when, and obviously we're still, you know, the brain's malleable. We can learn, but I'm just like, Sometimes, and I notice like my repetitive loops, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how much easier if I was seven and I could start to pick up different loops a lot easier, you know? Yeah, and how, how do you make it accessible for children? Do you do it through, is it through play or is it through workbooks or how? how do you yeah, I'd say more, I mean, some of them definitely more like activity based. So because I'm a teach, primary school teacher, I'm used to the planning of lessons and creating activities to go with that. Um, so, I mean, the nature of my work, obviously within schools and when you work with a large group of children, yes, there's some group, obviously there's group work involved and movement, but then we've also got like the, the power packs, the activity sheets that go with what we learn about. Mm -hmm. um, and equally, you know, all my private sessions are online and remote. So it's, but I try to bring in crafts and glitter and Play-Dohs, we use Play-Doh to model. Um, you know, we make a model of the brain, um, you know, we use pipe cleaners to make brain cells um, and like glitter and those sort of things. So I try and keep it as like hands on and interactive as I can as well. But it really is about learning the tools. And basically, you know, as I, you know, because often the parents will say to me, what do I tell my child? Because I say to them, you know, it's not therapy, it's not counseling. These are coaching tools, but it comes, you know, it's in the format of a lesson, like they would have at school. So we'd learn about our brain and our feelings. And this, so it's not me talking to you saying, how are you feeling today? Or because sometimes I find children can feel like, I'm fine, don't want to talk about my feelings. Yeah. But if it comes out through a story or role play or an activity, then I find, you know, they open up so much more. Um, so, yeah, yeah, in, in those ways. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And, you're, you know, that's something that, because my background is musical theatre and performing as well, and so actually a lot of work that I still do with young people is around expression and creativity yeah. through that way. And, you know, there is sometimes a, a feeling of, well, if you ask a child directly what they think about this or that or the other, mm. you're right, they do shut down. Yeah, yeah. But if you can help them to express themselves through another way. Yeah, absolutely. 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 The world. Yeah, yeah, it definitely it opens up things in a different way because it's mm. like, oh yeah, I felt like this too when this and this happened. Mm. Whereas I find if you ask a child, have you ever felt, I tend like that sometimes is a hit and miss with some children. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's, and I think 
like I said, it's, it's not what I teach. It's not a quick fix, you know, and I was talking to somebody yesterday, you know, these are tools designed to build new habits. So it's not something that your child might get the first round, which is why, you know, I always record my private sessions for clients so that you've got that to refer back to because there's only so much you're going to remember in the session and have feedback to parents as well, because these ideally are designed to be habits, you know, that children can start to practice just in 10 minutes a day, you know, little habits that we slowly start to practice and slowly start to recognize when are the big feelings coming, taking over, you know, like what can I do to help me slowly new, putting in new ways of responding and behavior. And then that kind of develops those coping tools over the long period of time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I know that there's a lot of a lot of kids going back to school at the moment. There's a lot of new routines being set up. So if parents want to get in touch with you now to find out more about the work, whether it be face-to-face -face or whether it be that online work that you said, what's the best way of finding it out? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always here on Instagram. So drop me a DM on Instagram, you know, if you want to find out more um, on my website. So that's powerthoughts.co.uk. Um, you can email me or message me through that as well. But I'm always on here. So it's, you know, um, and yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, big back to school things and stuff. And, um, you know, for me, it's really important when I work with families that it is the right fit. Mm. Um, because there's such a close correlation, I suppose, between coaching and counseling and, you know, therapy. Yeah. Um, so I always ask to have just, you know, a, a quick chat with parents to find out what the concerns are, but also to see, you know, is it the right fit for me? And is it the right fit for them? You know, because um, I think that that's so important that you, you, I, you get what you get what I said, you know, you know, I like the expectations are met, you know, I do what I say on the tin. And I like, I think it's really important. Um, because it might not be I mean, I do have parents that come to me because they prefer the coaching versus going down the therapy route. Mm -hmm. But then there are cases I think, you know, where it's, you know, it, it's good to kind of explore all all possibilities and see what's the best fit for you and your child. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, really important, especially when you're not necessarily liaising after that chat yeah with the parents yeah yeah to get the kids the right support yeah exactly amazing well thank you i oh, have one finishing question to ask you yeah. which you touched on a little bit earlier but i always ask it so i'm going to ask it anyway which is now that we've explored that journey of confidence that you came around and going through your fitness teaching and your teaching and then coaching and now the work that you do what is one thing that you would tell your younger self? Oh, yeah. I would tell her to relax, not <laughs> to worry so much, because it all works out. That's what I tell her. And I tell her just to enjoy the moment. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> relax and enjoy the moment. I am also going to re-listen to this, because <laughs> I think I could also do with that sometimes. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nat, for joining us. So this is guys, if you're watching, this is going to be out in podcast format in a couple of weeks' time. Um, which I am really excited about. So you will be able to watch it on IGTV, but also listen to it back on a podcast when you're out and about as well. Thank okay. you. Thanks so much Thank for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. And I will catch you very soon. All right. Bye. 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 Gosh, I am sure you will agree. It was just 
so brilliant to chat with Nat. Um, she has such a wealth of experience around the ideas of confidence and self-belief and empowerment, not only for young people, but also things that we can apply to our lives as well. And how fantastic that actually she has really, really led the way for teaching this stuff in schools to children now so that it can become something that is ingrained in them when they grow up and when they are adults, as opposed to a lot of us having to learn this stuff right here, right now. So thank you so much for joining. As per always, if you like this episode, feel free to rate, review and subscribe. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As ever, if you did enjoy it, please do remember to rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to spread the word. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at amylayton.com. All right, have a great one. Catch you next week.